Welcome to the Disney View Podcast. Your host, Dave, loves to talk about the Walt Disney World Resort. Now please move across your row, filling in all the available space. And keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the podcast at all times. And we ask that there be no eating, drinking, smoking, or flash photography during the podcast. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, on today's podcast, I wanted to talk about some of the, well, how do I put this, odd news that's come out of the Disney parks. From the Walt Disney World Resort, to the Disneyland Resort, to even the Disney Cruise Line, there's been some oddities and some interesting things that have happened recently. So, the first one is a a story that broke, uh, I believe the New York Post got it first, but it's been carried in now several papers, and turned out that while they were talking about Walt Disney World to start with, Disneyland has also got the same problem going on, and that is that uh, a group of people, uh, tour operators basically, individually kind of kind of worked out deals for themselves where they you could hire a disabled person to be your tour guide, and they would charge you a couple of hundred dollars uh, for the day plus the the uh, cost of the park ticket, and they would go to the parks in advance and get a disabilities pass which then would allow them to go to the front of the line. Now, the way Disney runs their policy is that if you have a person that's disabled in your group, that person plus, I think it's five of their uh, friends or uh, relatives or even other guests, can go to the front of the line with them. So the six people can then ride ride whatever attraction without waiting in line, essentially. Now, sometimes there's a small wait because you have to wait for the the right boat or the right uh, ride vehicle to come around. But you can uh, you can essentially skip the line. So what was happening was these uh, these people were operating tours where they would essentially farm out people who had disabilities, uh, and then would um, for that couple of hundred dollars you could essentially avoid waiting in line. Hey, it's better than fast pass, right? Except for the fact that it really does kind of violate the principle of it. And you know Disney has a policy to run this uh, this disabilities. Uh, process that makes a lot of sense because you're trying to take uh, care of people who have disabilities and make sure they don't they're not uncomfortable waiting in lines and whatever so it makes a lot of sense and I, I know I went with my grandmother a couple of years ago and she was uh, she was in a wheelchair and uh, we were able to get to the front of the line on several attractions and that was great and then other times we'd wait in line anyway because you know it just made sense but it depended on the uh, the attraction itself and so uh, you know, I see this as kind of a, you know, Disney's in kind of a no-win situation because they could change their policy, but then they affect people who have disabilities who are coming in the park. And the question that gets posed is, how do you know that the people that are with them are paying to be on that tour with the person as opposed to being friends or relatives of the person? You can't ask that question because that's insensitive and Disney would never do that. So how do you how do you know? I mean, you could maybe change the policy and be two people with the person and maybe that's better but then the other you know then you're separating parties up potentially so it's a like i said it's a no win for disney but the fact that this came out in the news you know it's kind of unconscionable for people to do this and the tour operators for their part when they were contacted all said well we're not doing anything wrong it just happens that we have disabled people and look we're hiring disabled people to come to work for us and they're going to the disney parks and i get that but when you abuse the system, that's when I have a problem with it. 
And it seems to me that they're abusing the system because they're trying to find a way to uh, get around uh, the, the rules to make sure that they can make a little bit of profit on the fact that Disney has a kind of a lax rule around this or a, a, fr- a, a friendly rule around this. So it just seemed kind of odd to me. And it, I'm glad that it got ca- got attention. I'd, I had heard about this before, but never made much of it because, you know, you hear about things like that and you go, okay, if it's one or two people, whatever, you know, I've, I'm insulted by it, but and it's not the right thing to do. But I can live with it. But then when you start hearing about a pattern of behavior and it's multiple tour operators that are doing it, it's a difficult thing to take because, you know, they're they're essentially abusing the system. And it's that's not right. I don't like to hear people doing that. And I really hope that there's some slight change in policy or something that kind of helps uh, move that along a little differently. Um, you know, nobody has to register as a tour operator. I've taken people through the parks before myself and, uh, been a tour guide for them essentially. And they're just friends or relatives or whatever. And that's fine. I do that. And you know, why does Disney care? Because I'm, you know, I'm going around and I'm avoiding the crowds because I kind of know the directions to go in the park and can get people through the park and can see almost everything in a whole day in a single day. You know, and then you've got, uh, Len Testa and his touring plans that gives you, you know, guidance on how to avoid, uh, crowds and be able to see as much as you possibly can. You know, so that in a sense, that's no different, right? You know, in the general sense, because you're you're helping people to avoid crowds. Now, how you do it specifically, he's got everything right. I'm doing it right, but Disney doesn't care if I go around and take people around because I'm I'm being a tour guide. But I'm not disabled, and I'm not abusing the system. So it's a, it's a tricky thing, and I, I hope they continue to work it out. And you know, by calling attention to it, people feel ashamed about using it too, because it's not right when people use it. And, you know, and these these uh, people in New York were going, well, what's wrong with that? We're just taking advantage and, uh, you know, we're paying the money and then we don't have to wait. Okay, great. You know, but if that's the way you want to run your, va- your vacation, then maybe you're in the wrong place. Maybe that's not what you should be doing. Because, again, that whole differentiation of service thing bothers me a little bit. So, you know, I'm hoping that they, they kind of fix that and, you know, that we don't continue to see differentiated service. It's just, you know, the standard service for everyone. All right. The next uh, unusual item was a um, was a story about a cast member who left a bottle at uh, Toontown over at um, Disneyland, and um, what was in the bottle was some water and some dry ice. And when they when somebody picked up the uh, the bag, it actually accelerated the uh, the process of the carbon dioxide being released, and the the plastic bottle exploded. Now, no one was ever in any, in any danger, and there was nothing intentional that was going on there. It was sort of just sort of a dumb move, and. Um, you know, they had arrested the guy who had done it. He was a cast member, and he had just done it kind of on a whim for fun, and he didn't expect anything to happen. Um, and um, ultimately, the charges were dropped, and Disney may not even fire him. They may just put him back in full pay and put him back on his job, which is to reprimand in his file, you know, just for being stupid, basically. Uh, but, you know, things like that happen. And, you know, it, it. I think it got blown out of proportion by the media a little bit. I mean, dry ice and water, yes, it's going to create some carbon dioxide, and by closing a bottle on it, it's going to explode. But it really was a small-scale explosion. It really was made out to be much worse than it actually was. Um, and this, you know, this guy, he kind of got run through it a little bit. Look, we've all been through periods of time in our lives, maybe in college or high school, where we got a hold of something that maybe we shouldn't have and uh, did that. I, I know I played with dry ice a little bit and had a little fun with it when I was in college. And, uh, you know, there was there was some uh, um, interesting outcomes. I don't think I ever did anything that exploded, but certainly I put it in water and would, you know, just be goofing around with it a little bit. You just, you know, you kind of have to be sensible, sensible about things and kind of take things for what they're worth when you hear about something like that. My uh, next story is about some, uh, well, I'm going to use the word dumbass. 
um, some guy who went into uh, the Walt Disney World Resort. He was at the Animal Kingdom, and um, as he uh, got off the ride, there was a, a grandmother and a grandson who were getting off the dinosaur ride, and they saw a gun sitting on the seat. Apparently, the guy who was sitting in the seat uh, in front of them or next to them or whatever had left his loaded revolver right there on the seat. And so uh, they turned it into a cast member. The cast members um, then notified uh, the uh, Orange County Sheriff. The sheriff found the guy. They actually took him into custody. Um, they would not give him back his gun at first, and eventually they emptied it, and they, uh, I believe they did return it to him eventually. But they charged him with a crime because um, on Disney property, it's, uh, it's kind of clear that you cannot have a loaded weapon on Disney property. Um, you know, the guy was saying, well, I didn't know. I thought it was okay. And, uh, you know, the uh, spokesman for Disney was saying, well, it's kind of clear that we say that, every, you know, on everywhere. It's on the printed media. It's different places. And it, it should make sense to people that you don't bring a loaded gun into a theme park. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of one of those strange and odd things that happens in life sometimes. You know, it's, somebody brought a loaded gun into a theme park? Really? You know, he's like, oh, I just, you know, I like to carry it with me. I have a permit and everything. And he did. It was all in order. But it was just sort of an oddity that he that he had it there and he didn't know any better. Um, they haven't decided, you know, what, what they want to uh, charge him with. Disney will charge him with something and um, make sure that they make an example of him in that sense. Um, you know, he, he probably will just have a fine and, you know, some sort of a, a thing that happens. But it's, it's just the principle of making sure that you make an example of it so you don't have people bringing loaded guns into a theme park where there's kids around. Uh, then there was, um, there was another story that, uh, was happening over by, uh, the boardwalk in Epcot. There were two guys who, uh, who, uh, decided to go out drinking and carousing and have some fun. Then they saw a, uh, golf cart and so they stole it and they went driving around the boardwalk with it and they drove over toward Epcot and they were driving around and, uh, the police finally caught up with them and they, um, got arrested because they, uh, had stolen the golf cart. That's what they were accused of. And that's what Disney press charges for was, uh, stealing the golf cart. You know, it was just a, a kind of a stupid thing to do when you think about it. You know, let's see, I'll get drunk and I'll just get in the golf cart and drive around and just, you know, kind of, you know, run around people, not run them over, but run around them and, you know, just kind of create an unsafe condition. Again, it's like, you know, you have to be smart, at least reasonably when you're going around different places. And, you know, here these guys just joy riding around in a golf cart around the boardwalk where there's people walking and they're drunk anyway. So they got, you know, they had a couple of charges. One was for um, driving a vehicle under the influence, even though it's a golf cart. And the other was for uh, stealing the property. So these guys will probably be in a little bit of trouble. Haven't there? You know, they haven't had a court uh, date yet, but they will at some point. Things will go from there. There was another unusual story about some guy who had uh, posed as Stephen Disney, a relative of Walt Disney, who was uh, going to donate some tickets to charity, and uh, the charity would then use the money to uh, for whatever cause they were working on. And uh, the problem was that while he had a driver's license and a W-2 form that said he was Stephen Disney, he actually wasn't Stephen Disney. He was another guy. And uh, he had actually stolen the tickets from a supermarket. So when the people won the auction, they went to Disneyland to try to use the tickets, and the tickets had never been activated because they were never sold. And the uh, um, they kind of traced it back to, well, where did you get these tickets? We got them at an auction. Where did the auction come from? They were from Stephen Disney. Wait a minute. Stephen Disney, he's not in town. Well, how did you get these tickets? And then they discovered that they were, so, they were sold at a supermarket. Not that hard to figure out because they keep track of all their tickets that way. And um, so the uh, police uh, went to his house, and they arrested him. Um, and, uh, he was charged with, uh, dealing in stolen property, possessing a fake driver's license and so on and so on and so on. And, uh, he'll be tried, uh, for his crimes. And it's one of those, another one of those odd stories that you just kind of go, what, <laughs> how did somebody do that? What, what, what just happened there exactly? Okay, then. <laughs> 
So here's another one for you. There was a man who wanted to take his uh, girlfriend and, and uh, girlfriend's kids on a cruise. And uh, a, a Disney cruise at that. But the poor guy had no money. He didn't have enough money to take them on a cruise. So he decided to go in and uh, stick up a Navy Federal Credit Union branch in uh, North Carolina to pay for the cruise. Um, and his girlfriend and the kids were in the car waiting for him outside as he went in. He just said he was going to go withdraw some money. And he goes in and he actually robs the place. When he came out with that money, his girlfriend did ask, what did you do, rob a bank? And sure enough, he had. And uh, within a few minutes, he was uh, he was uh, pulled over and arrested, and the uh, money was recovered. Um, but he said he felt pressured to uh, honor his promise of the trip, and the robbery was done out of uh, the spur of the moment to make sure that he could take the kids on the uh, Disney cruise. <laughs> and I'm just, you know, that's one that just kind of blows me away. I don't that. <laughs> I don't really understand that, but I, so another, uh, another story that came out, uh, Disney tried to trademark the word Dia de los Muertos, which is the day of the dead. It's a, uh, Mexican holiday, uh, where the, uh, they celebrate the, uh, the dead and they, they pay respect to them. Um, and Disney wanted to create a movie that was going to call Dia de, de los Muertos. And, um, when they, uh, they wanted to trademark it so they could use that as the, as the movie name that no one else could use. The only thing is, the Mexicans kind of took offense to that, because Disney was trying to trademark a holiday that they have, uh, and, um, you know, it just kind of was one of those strange things. And it just kind of came off as a little bit weird, and uh, Disney backed down and decided not to trademark that name. So as you may know, I've called it limited time nonsense for a while now. I'm not a real fan of the whole limited time magic story that Disney is playing. And I'm a little iffy about the whole proposition about what's the ma where the magic lies. Anyway, there's a story going around about a Saudi prince who paid $20 million to the Walt Disney Company to rent out Disneyland Paris for a weekend. So they actually shut down Disneyland Paris for the whole weekend, rented out the property to the uh, Saudi prince, and uh, let him, let him uh, play there, basically, for a couple of days. It was like a birthday party or something like that. So the story goes that... Uh, he, because of the amount of money he gave, he had a couple of requests. One was he wanted some very specific characters that Disney didn't currently have costumes for in the park to do meet and greets. So Disney agreed, and they made those characters and uh, then put them, uh, put them on display in the park. Then they also distributed them out to other parks to, make, to basically say, okay, we've got these characters, now we'll uh, put them in the other parks, and we'll use them for limited time magic. And then the oh, by the way, was they actually put together a little plan with uh, the prince as well, to visit each of the Disney parks around the world for a couple of days. Now, they're not shutting down the parks, but they're giving them the VIP treatment and taking them around the parks. And so they uh, set it up with the cast members there, not telling him it was the same Saudi prince, but telling them it was part of the limited time magic that they were having a special event for some celebrities coming into town that in each case turned out to be the Saudi prince. And there's just something kind of funny or odd or something about it. I'm not sure what it is exactly, but uh, the whole thing just seemed kind of funny to me um, and that's where the uh, limited time magic kind of came apart again uh, and just kind of came into something strange but you know I'm okay with the uh, the concept there and the fact that they got you know Disney made some good money on that and they got some new characters that they could put out in the parks it's not a bad deal for uh, for guests it just seemed kind of funny the way they positioned it as limited time magic when really all they were doing was meeting the, the uh, demands of a particular guest who was a very high paying guest and again back to my problem with the overall differentiation of service you know, here was somebody that was willing to pay $20 million to shut down a Disney park for a whole weekend, and they said, okay, now, Euro Disney or Disneyland Paris, you know, I get that because that park is not so well attended, and, you know, there's not as many people there and whatever, but still, it just strikes me that that's, you know, that's a lot of money to put up to, uh, to do something really different like that. 
And then finally, um, the last uh, item I had here was about the um, the Merida character. Now, Merida from Brave, uh, she was uh, reimagined by Disney as a princess. So they kind of slimmed her down and put her into a, a more uh, a prettier dress and changed her hair and her facial features to make her more attractive as a princess. And then Disney had some odd comments they made when people came up in arms about it. They said, why are you doing this? You know, she's supposed to be a strong, independent girl. Why would you, you know, make her the princess like this? And they go, well, we think it represents the image we want. It's just a temporary thing and blah, 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 whatever. And it's just, you know, it's one, another one of those oddities where Disney was trying to force fit something to make her a princess so they could sell more of the merchandise and kind of have this, this image. But it just comes off as wrong because you're giving girls the wrong image uh, of what, you know, what maybe you think they should be. You know, and they're trying to tell you what they think instead of, you know, you kind of deciding for yourself. She's a strong, independent character. Why do you have to make her something else other than that? Um, so it's just uh, just kind of an oddity as far as that goes. I don't, you know don't know what to make of that one exactly. It was just sort of weird. When I heard about it, I saw the pictures and I was like, huh, that's kind of strange that they took the time and the, and the attention to make her different in some way when it really didn't, um, it really didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, so that was, uh, that was just one that caught my attention. And actually, um, I caught an episode of The Daily Show with Jon Stewart recently and he talked about a couple of these things and I wanted to share with you a little bit of audio from that. Nearly 200,000 people have signed a petition on Change.org to keep the old Merida. And in response, Disney assured the public that while, yes, the new Merida will appear on some merchandise, the original Merida will still exist. And that really, Merida just wanted to dress up for her coronation ceremony. Because they think we're idiots. <laughs> you know what the problem here is? Merida was never a Disney character. She's a Pixar character. And I know Disney owns Pixar, but it's not the same. That's why Elastic Girl looks like this. And not this. That's why Jesse from Toy Story wears chaps and not a ball gown. The point is this. Disney, you need to reconsider this makeover because you have an arrangement with the parents of America, of which I am one. Our job is to make sure the children are sitting in front of the screen. <laughs> Your job is to raise them right. And there you go. So that's my uh, weird Disney news for this time. Uh, I'm sure there will be other times when I do this again, because I think there's there's uh, always oddities. As I started reading through the news, I was like, hey, that's kind of weird. Hey, that's kind of weird. And it kind of all adds up over time. So we'll probably do this again another time, but uh, it's sort of odd Disney news. Well, that's my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And uh, remember, if we can dream it, we really can do it. Bye now. Show number 145. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. Now, please exit the moving podcast. The walkway is moving at the same speed as your podcast. Kindly take small children by the hand and watch your head and step. If you have questions, thoughts, or would just like to ask Dave a question, please send an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. You can always find Dave's Disney View on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Show notes for this podcast can be found on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. Original music you hear in this podcast is courtesy of Sound A Music. You'll find a link to the latest Disney-related autism awareness event on the show notes page. We also encourage you to check out Dave's iPhone apps. There are a couple of Disney-related apps, including a Hidden Mickey's app and a Pin Trading app.